Well, good morning and uh, welcome again. I'm Steve. I'm one of the uh, pastors at New Community and it's really good to be with you this morning, wherever you are. We've been talking about being all cooped up during this um, period of isolation and I wonder what that's been like to you. for you. If you're the uh, introvert hermit type, you've probably absolutely loved it. I love this um, song that um, Sammy J, a, a comedian with the ABC, had on ABC Comedy. And uh, I just want to read you some of the words because I think you could identify with this if you were the hermit type. He said, Nights full of nothing and empty weekends. No pressure to see any family and friends. Food gets delivered and left at the door. It's illegal to visit your mother-in-law. We had it so good that we flattened the curve. Now we're getting the punishment that we deserve. So goodbye my lockdown. Thanks for the time, the all-day pyjamas, the afternoon wine. It took a pandemic to help me to see that the life of a hermit, that's the life for me. COVID is bad, but I'll tell you what's worse. Social occasions where you must converse with actual people in an actual room who can actually smell you, not like on Zoom. So goodbye my lockdown, goodbye my love. Isolation and me, yeah, we fit like a glove. The sight of a calendar that's totally clean is worth more to me than any vaccine. If you're an introvert type, you can probably identify with that. Maybe I identify with that just a little bit. But I know some of you, the extrovert type, the type of person who's energised by being around people, it's been really hard. And for parents of uh, school-aged children who have been trying to work at home and juggle children and their education at the same time, I take my hat off to you. I cannot imagine what that's been like. And I just want to tell you, well done. And uh, it gets better from Tuesday. So look forward to that. But there have been some incredible positives out of uh, this time. If you're um, like me, you've enjoyed the fact that you haven't had to travel so much. There's been less traffic. Petrol's been amazingly cheap, but we haven't been using much of it, so we haven't benefited much from that. There seems to be a kindness around that we haven't experienced for a long time. Uh, the banks are supposedly being kinder about uh, debt relief and that sort of thing, rent relief from landlords. Um, families are at home together and there's been time to bond. Some of that's been hard, but it's been a unique time. We've enjoyed home-cooked meals. We've learned new skills. We've enjoyed cleaner air. We've learned how to become experts at Zoom. We know when to mute and when to unmute. And some people are so clever that they've worked out how to put a, uh, a rolling video in the background so they can actually leave the room and still appear like they're there. And uh, well done, Chad. Some of us also become really good at online shopping. It gets exciting when you're doing nothing else and, and a parcel arrives at your door. But we've also been, uh, been learning how to pack our own bags at the supermarket. Now, for those of us like me who've been uh, Aldi shoppers for years, we're experienced at that. But for those of you who shop at Coles and Wool Woolies, this has been a new experience for you and you've learned something and now you might be really, really confident in the future to go and shop at Aldi. But seriously, it's been interesting and as we've been forced to reset our schedules, we've really got a different baseline, I think, for what busy looks like. We're all used to saying, oh yeah, I've been busy, but actually busy has uh, taken on a new meaning. And some of the things maybe that we've been enslaved to uh, in our running around, crazy world, have actually been removed from us. I heard someone say this week that they were not sure if they'd actually have the stamina to get back 
to the normal that they used to live. And uh, that's worth thinking about, isn't it? So as restrictions begin to ease, I want us to look this morning at this idea of a new normal. Uh, as restrictions be begin to ease, we'll settle back into what has often been referred to as a new normal, uh, where certain things which were previously abnormal actually become commonplace due to the, the major upheaval that we've been through. Uh, new, new normal, we'll talk about in a minute, was an expression that was uh, coined during the global financial crisis. But in the last 20 years of, of uh, life, if you've lived since 2001, you've seen some big changes and some big new normals, as it were. The, the first one that probably comes to mind, we would probably all remember, was um, that incredible day on September the 11th, 2001, when the, uh, the Twin Towers in uh, New York uh, were attacked by, by rogue planes. It was an amazing day, and I think we'd all remember it and remember where we were on that day. We faced a new threat, uh, an, an expanded threat, a terrorist threat, that had, something like we'd never seen before. And so things changed almost overnight. Things like in New York, where a backpack and luggage was normally just run-of-the-mill, it became like a, a thing to be scared of, a thing that was suddenly dangerous. Um, airport security was completely overhauled. Planes flying overhead were watched with trepidation rather than just, oh, there's a plane. Uh, and the pervading feeling was that nobody was actually able to keep us safe anymore, completely safe. And so that was that time. And so there was a, an incredible change in the way we uh, thought about security in our world. And then uh, we came to, <clears throat> just a few years later, the, the global financial crisis. And... Uh, it started sometime in about 2007 and it peaked probably in September 2008 when some major financial institutions crashed. But it was probably in many ways um, because of, of lending, uh, excessive lending by banks uh, to people who really probably couldn't afford to make the payments. So people, when the housing market uh, fell out, people were actually owing more than their, their properties were actually worth and started defaulting on their loans. And you remember a big company called Lehman Brothers fell over and, and it just started a, uh, uh, investors pulling back their money and financial firms failing all over the world and financial markets that were all interconnected becoming dysfunctional. And so there was changes that had to happen and one of those changes was what they called deleveraging where there was this incredible, hey, pull back, don't rely on credit as much as we have anymore. There was also nations realising that they'd been... Uh, affected by um, uh, globalisation, realising that they needed to pre protect their own uh, country and so they were, there were trade barriers that had been broken down were put, put back up. And also the idea of, of regulation, to keep financial institutions honest, to re-regulate. And so these, these things um, that had to be done to uh, effectively change that situation um, caused a, a slowing of, of economic growth. And so the new normal was this slower, uh, perhaps more regulated environment. How much we've uh, maintained that, I'm not sure. And then we've come to this time in our history, this um, image that we wouldn't have known what it was six months ago, but this is a, an image that we all recognise. And it's a public health uh, issue that, uh, that I've never seen anything like this in my lifetime, uh, a pandemic that's, that's really covered the whole world. Um, people remember the Spanish flu a hundred years ago as being similar. But we've had to learn to limit person-to-person -person contact. We've had to uh, stop shaking hands. We've had to sh stop hugging. Um, we've had to maintain distance from others. And we're going to have to do that for the foreseeable future. 
Um, we've, we've been told we need to work from home where possible. My family went down to uh, Rye this weekend and uh, as you come into Rye, there's these big illuminated signs that say, stay home, stay home. There's about four of them and you don't feel really welcome. But the message is there that if you can possibly stay home, stay home. If we've got a job that uh, enables us to work from home, we're encouraged to work from home. And all of the requirements of washing hands and sanitising and our, our rigorous cleaning schedules, a, a big change. I imagine overseas travel restrictions will be in place for a long time and there's a wariness in all of us, I think, of big crowd gatherings where people are milling together. And so as a new normal uh, begins to emerge, I think it's appropriate that we reflect on what's been happening and what we might learn at this time. For me, I've been learning some really simple things and I, I don't want to share too much about what I've been learning because I want you to reflect today on what maybe you've been learning as we talk. But I've been learning that actually life can be pretty simple and still um, very satisfying. It's been a whole lot simpler, I reckon, in these last two or three months. And yet I feel like I've been just as content and particularly thankful for what I have and for where we live, particularly in this country in these times. The other thing that's probably impressed me amazingly is how um, precious is time and when we're not as busy as we have been in the past, what an opportunity that is to spend our time in ways that we probably always dreamed we might spend it. Um, time with God, time to reflect, time to be grateful, uh, time even to pray. So they're just a couple of things that have been really special for me. Someone has suggested that this whole thing um, provides for us a gigantic teachable moment. Um, a moment to reassess our priorities, a moment to think, well, what have we lost um, and what have we gained? Uh, what are we looking forward to? What do we want to lose, not want to lose as restrictions are eased, you know, that we've come to enjoy because of this time? Um, and I wonder whether we'll be content to just drift back to our old normal as COVID-19 um, gets less of a threat or has COVID-19 highlighted that some aspects of our old normal were actually really broken and we need to let them go. So the, what might a new normal look like? That's uh, our question this morning. Um, what are we going to make our priorities? That's where we're headed. I love this quote from Stephen Covey. He says, you have to decide what your highest, highest priorities are and have the courage to say no to other things. And the way you do that is by having a bigger yes burning inside. Let me repeat that. You have to decide what your highest priorities are and have the courage to say no to other things. And the way you do that is by have a, having a bigger yes burning inside. You know, for, for followers of Jesus, Jesus himself is that bigger yes. Jesus told stories. He told them in, in what he called parables, stories that had this uh, really earthy meaning uh, that we could apply to our lives. And he told these stories to describe what the kingdom of heaven is like, what it's like where God rules. And there are two really short ones in Matthew 13, uh, one after the other, and they have really the same emphasis. And the first one is about a hidden treasure. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. The second is, is uh, very, very similar. It's about a pearl of uh, great value. 
Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Now, they're slightly different, these two stories, but they depict, depict uh, both of them the same supreme value of the kingdom of heaven. When a person finds it, when they fully grasp its infinite worth, they'll joyfully let go of any competing claims on their lives and make it their one greatest possession. Followers of Jesus believe that finding Jesus and knowing Jesus is like finding the treasure. It's like finding that pearl. And when they hand over the reins of their lives to Jesus, they become new creations. And the old ways that enslaved them have been done away with and a new normal has come. And the new normal is life lived with Jesus at the very centre. And so Jesus and furthering his kingdom is the bigger yes that enables his followers to say no to lesser things. Paul, um, an early Christian leader, he encountered Jesus in a dramatic way. You could read about it in, in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, about chapter 9, I think it is. Uh, but it's an amazing story. But he'd been uh, bent on a particular direction and he'd been a persecutor of Christians and then he encounters Jesus in this dramatic way and his whole world is just turned upside down. And in uh, the book of Philippians, which he writes a letter to a church, he talks about the change that happened in his life and he says this, he says, Whatever gain I had, I counted it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Fantastic statement of how much Jesus, the pearl, the treasure, had become to, to Paul. Peter, another early Christian leader at a time when the, the challenge of following Jesus, Jesus put the challenge to his followers and it was a, a strong challenge. It was a demanding challenge and some of them were falling away, turning away. And uh, it says this, After this, many of the disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Sadly, relatively few people embrace Jesus as the very centre of their lives. For Western societies, we've by and large turned our backs on God as being culturally irrelevant. The normal for us has become radical individualism, where I've turned my focus in on myself. My uh, identity is wrapped up in what I think of me. Uh, it's not wrapped up in what God thinks of me. And so we've become the centre of our own universes, our, our highest priority, and, and God has been largely sidelined and ignored. And I wonder whether it's taken a, a microscopic virus like COVID-19 to wake us up to the fact that many of the things that we thought were rock solid are actually quite fragile. And life is fragile. It's a virus that we can't see, but it's challenged our, our very best health systems and it's threatened our personal security. And we ignore it at our, pedal, at our peril. And, you know, we can't see God either, but we mustn't ignore him. And when the things that seem certain 
have come to be less certain and they don't seem to work, a life of faith in an all-seeing, all-knowing, all-powerful God begins to make a whole lot of sense. It's not so weird. It's what God always intended life to be, what our best normal is supposed to look like. You know, sometimes I think it takes setbacks in our lives for God to actually get our attention, to help us to refocus, to help us to find where our true priorities should lie. And maybe as you're listening today, that might be you. Maybe God's got your attention through this time. He wants to breathe his new life into you. And he wants you to encounter Jesus. He wants you to know that he loves you. He, know that, he wants you to know that he sent Jesus to, to live and die and rise again for you so that you could experience his love and his grace and his forgiveness, so that you could be brought, brought back into the family, as it were. Now, I'm speaking to you today as one who's been uh, following Jesus for many years, and maybe that's you too. And I wonder how much we, as Jesus followers, have allowed ourselves um, to be, as, as Paul uh, the Apostle says in one of his letters, have we allowed ourselves to be conformed to the patterns of the world around us rather than to be transformed with renewed minds. Minds that are renewed by immersing ourselves in the life and the love of Jesus. Minds that are renewed by allowing God's spirit, God's personal presence, the freedom to work his ways in us. Maybe we've got ourselves so busy saying yes to a whole lot of lesser things that aren't going to count for very much in the end. Maybe our busyness has squeezed out time for sinking our roots deep into our relationship with God, where we spend time quietly in God's presence and get filled up, where we experience God's embrace. And if we've neglected that, and I know there's times when I have, we're the lesser for it because we were made for that relationship. And so in this time, I wonder whether the challenge for me and for you is that God is calling us back to that first love we had for Jesus, where he's right at the centre. I was walking on the uh, Mullum Mullum track near my home uh, not so many weeks back after it had been raining. And uh, that tree there is lying right across the, the creek there. And it was clearly too close to the bank and the creek had eroded the bank and it had exposed the roots, but it was a massive tree. And all it took was heavy rain and a storm, and down it came, and the, the roots were no longer in solid ground. I guess over time, those roots had been in soft ground, and then some of the roots hadn't been in any ground at all. And so the, the foundation, the thing that had held that tree up and kept it strong, had been taken away. And it reminded me of, of Paul's encouragement in uh, Colossians chapter 2. Paul says this, he says, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. And then your faith will grow strong in the truth you are taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. What a wonderful uh, verse to, to just maybe jot down. Colossians 2 verse 7, a reminder to continue the way we started. For many of us, when we came to know Jesus, we started off with a bang. And life was exciting and Jesus was at the centre and everything we thought about revolved around him. I wonder how that is for you today if you've been following Jesus for many years. So what's my prayer today for you, for a new normal, a new normal for you and a new normal for me? It's this, it's that Jesus and his kingdom 
would be to us like treasure hidden in the field, so precious that we'd give up everything to buy that field, to have that treasure, or to buy that pearl, that pearl of surpassing value. I wonder if my prayer is that the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus would be what governs our priorities as we move forward from this time. My prayer for you would be that you'd run to Jesus because he's the only one who has the words of eternal life. And my prayer for you and for me is that the lesser things will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. We're going to have a song to close shortly and it's a song about the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. But just before we have that, I want to close with a prayer from Ephesians 3, a little part of a prayer from there, a prayer I want to pray for you and I want to pray for me as we reassess our priorities in the light of Jesus' call to follow. Because I believe it's only as we come to see our identity as cherished children of the living God, loved children, loved with God's reckless abandon, it's only then that our priorities will begin to fall into place because we have a great sense of who we are in him and how much he should mean to us. This is a prayer. Our loving Father, may we have the power to understand how wide, how long, how high and how deep your love is. May we experience the love of Christ, even though it's too great to understand fully. And may we be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from you, our God. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening. May God help us to make Jesus that bigger yes burning within us so that we can easily say no to lesser things.